Good morning. Good morning. All right. Just one thought this morning as we prepare to worship and do whatever God has for us. I'm sure he has something for each one of us this morning. That's really what counts. It's one thing to know what God has for us. It's something else to know what God has for me because he has something for each one of us this morning. Anyway, just some red words from the Bible here. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end. Then men, <clears throat> men always to pray and not to faint. We got two choices today. Pray or faint. <laughs> That's about it. The world situation looks overwhelming. I do not have the answers for the Ukraine. Though somebody we will. God's going to have a people someday. that will have the answers for all these things. Uh, in case you wonder why you're getting worked over uh, He's going to have a perfect people at some point. Uh, Today we want to pray and not to faint. Not to lose our grip. Not to lose our heart. It's easy to become discouraged and lose heart. But we need to come up a little higher. Like uh, I think it was Fabian read the other day. Saw all all these things happen and the wicked are prospering and it looks like the bad guys are winning. Uh, until I went into the sanctuary, until I went into the pavilion, then I understood their end. They're in slippery places. We don't want to be in slippery places, but we want to be on the rock this morning. Okay? All right, let's gather.
about yourself on the first song. I was thinking you could sing until you all believed it.
Praise the Lord. Good way to start. Um, Wednesday, I believe it was Wednesday, yeah. Brother Bill started out, uh, just he said two things um, that have been sticking with me. <clears throat> he said, be gentle on yourself. Remember, remember that? Okay. Be gentle. You know, a lot of things can be said that the Spirit of God is always there to fine-tune what you need to extract from a lot of things that can be said at times. We hear a lot. But that caught my attention, and I guess that's where I've been laboring. Uh, and I want to continue on that theme, I guess, this morning. He said, I have no right, you have no right to degrade yourself, right? And just, uh, yeah, there's a lot of supporting evidence there. Wow. But uh, even during the worship, I, you know, I was filtering and just trying to sort and hold to the truth and let the Spirit of God and the words that the Spirit would bring to me reside and, and really take root. Um, and that's kind of our job, you know, the, uh, in a way. But uh, we heard this reference a couple of times recently. In Mark 8, Jesus asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered... And they gave him a good answer, right? Uh, I, and, and we know Peter's answer, but he... point I want to make is he says, but, but whom say ye? Right. You think about whom say ye yeah. that I am? Who do you say today? What's the dominant drumbeat that you rehearse, that I rehearse, that Christ is? Right? Mm -hmm. We... We can speak a lot in generalities about Christ, and it's, and it's all good. But um, he wants to know who, who I say Christ is. And let that define me, right? That's really what matters. Who, whom say ye today? One of the most... Um, Maybe it's the way it came. Profound. Somebody's leaving. Uh, Lord help them. One of the most profound. <laughs> things I, I heard that forever will stick with me was uh, at a main convention. And I, actually, I was rooming with Gary, uh, Brother Gary Snow. I, I don't remember he said this. I think he said it in the word. said how the Lord spoke to him. About, about how to frame, how to view his wife. And he must have been in a battle. And he says that the Lord was very clear. They said, yeah. you see that woman? And the Lord was talking to him about his wife. He said, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. And you better be careful how you treat her. And I'll add... How you talk to her. And it's like, wow, that, that really uh, stuck with me. And we better be careful how we treat 
one another. And that's really what I'm talking about, how, how we treat and deal and frame ourselves in, 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 in one another. But I never forgot that. So if it really is Christ, everything centers in Christ, and it's Christ in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Who do you say Christ is? You think about that, right? There, there's an enemy, right, that accuses day and night. We're well aware of that. Um, and I, I would only suggest today that we not engage. You know, you can spend a lot of time wrestling with those accusations. There, there's so much data, so much evidence, right? But, but I will say that our only defense is really that to remind whoever needs to be reminded that, that I'm a dead person anyway. I'm to be dead. I'm not to reply. You know, you, you, how much trouble does a reply get you online sometimes? Just, just a little click. You respond. You reply. And it's like you open up. I had to undo something last night. All of a sudden I got a notification that I was being charged $10 for something on my Apple card. It's like, what did I do? Oh, yeah, last week I was searching something, and I, I evidently I clicked something, and there I, I subscribed to something I didn't even know I was subscribed. Honestly, right? You've got to watch what you reply to and what you click. I had to call them, and, and they're going to... You're going to review the case. It's only $10, but it's like, wow, did it speak volumes to me? The, the, when, when the enemy accuses you, don't, don't try to engage. And, you know, when you think about it, really, um, is he telling you anything new anyway? I mean, uh, it, uh, those accusations, they just really confirm what we should know about ourselves anyway, that in me dwells no good thing. Why do I need to be defensive? Like I, and my life is wretched. That's why I'm called a nickname at times, Wretched Greenleaf. My older brother always had a nickname for everybody. But like, I can buy into that, Wretched Greenleaf. Yeah, okay. That's right. But I got a hold today who I am in Christ. So this word, you know, I guess, deals with how we frame ourselves and, and each other. And specifically, um, the views and opinion, opinions that we lead with. And, and they, can be a, they can be really a destructive force, right? You, you know, watch. How, how many really need to tame down, tone down, give place to the spirit before we define somebody? And what's even more hurtful at times, we... We, we have a half-truth about somebody, and then we can broadcast that. And that's hurtful, right? If you've been the recipient of that, and you've heard something said about you, and it's like, well, that, that's not the sum total of the whole thing. I love it when somebody will step up and, and check somebody. Hey, hang, hang on here. That's, that, there's more to it. I mean, there's another side to that. That's a partial truth. But that, that's not the sum total. Uh, and I think we have an advocate, the Spirit, that is really, really willing to check us if we'll, if we'll listen, right? It says, uh, 
He shall teach you in all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And that means to remind quietly. It's not the dominant voice that you need to pay attention. At times, it's that still small voice of the Holy Spirit trying to get through about who you are or about who somebody else is, right? And that's why it takes, it really takes at times us getting quiet and really making an effort to concentrate. I find myself just subconsciously trying to concentrate in a situation, how to frame it. Lord, I don't want to frame this person according to what always comes my way. What are you saying, right? I appreciated uh, just, I had a conversation with Joe, uh, Brother Joe, and maybe he, he spoke on this, but he, he said he spent a lot of time while he was here, Joe Latour, in back, way back in January. It seemed like way back then. January, February, almost two months ago, we're heading to it. Anyway, um, but he said he, he really made an effort to concentrate and just take advantage of the time apart from what his normal routine to hear and listen for the inner voice of Christ. I'm, I'm just reading it. That defines who we are from the foundation of the world. It's done deal right in Christ. And you have to listen for the spirit that wants to define who you really were, who, who you are according to the, from the foundation of the world. So we must come to trust how God sees us and not allow our past to define and frame who we are in Christ. And it takes, it takes, it takes time to really allow the spirit to, to work and, and get through so that we lock on our radar locks on to who we are from the foundation of the earth, right? And that takes a quietness. But we have, an, we have an advocate, right, that will remind us if we listen, if we pay attention, to, and show us how to honor and esteem uh, ourselves and, and one another. And we have a God also, thank God, that will ignore some of those definitions of myself and some of the views and opinions that I have and really hold me to the word of God. That's a faithful father that he can look past. I mean, when I say ignore, it's like it's there, but it's like he doesn't, you know, he, he knows who he's, he's at work and he's always trying to bring back me to who I am in Christ, right? He says, remember the prodigal son. You look what he did, right? He squandered his inheritance. He did vile things, right? And then he, then he came to his senses and he returned. And he was leading with all these things. You know, about what he's been. And he says, uh, I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight, you know, when he came to the Father. Remember what the Father did? When he was a long way off. Father came. Jeez. That's the kind of God that we have. Aren't you thankful for that? Yes. Long way off. <laughs> and what did the father lead with? Did he level the blame? That's right. This is who you are. How could you? Right? But the father ignored it. 
right? He said, the son was leading with, I'm no more worthy. That's a, that's a killer. Well, we should know we're not worthy. What are you buying into today, right? What's the father's voice here? What did he say, right? He just was thankful that I came to my senses and I made it, I returned. Leave that. I'm not going to let what I've been define me. That's the point. Right? He says, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers. Shoes on his feet. Same way with Gideon. This came to me. You know, when, when the angel came to me, came to him, after talk about uh, I don't know how to compare, you know, what's happening now with, with what these guys were facing, but they, they faced an enemy that, that attacked them, the Midianites. And they came at harvest. What, what, a, what, a, what, what a time to, to be sowing and, and making an effort only to have the enemy come in and rob and take the fruit of it, right? So the angel came to him, and but beginning, he says to the angel, when he appeared, he says, uh, I am poor, and I'm the least, right? That's what he's, that was the condition of Gideon. Um, but the Lord said to him, what? Thou mighty man of valor. What? Hey, I'm the, my family is the worst. We are the poorest. We have no chance against the might of the enemy. Thou mighty man of valor. This is who you are. But we need to say that to one another, maybe not verbally, but inside at times. When you see it, somebody's degrading themselves rather than you expose it. There's a different way to move by the Spirit that can bring somebody, help bring somebody to their senses, right? Um, and Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then has all this stuff befallen us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us? This isn't, you can write this down. It's in Judges 6. Saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked on him and said, go. It's like, go in this might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? That's the heart of the Father. You can be rehearsing a lot of stuff about your past and shortcomings, but the Spirit of God is saying, hey, go in the new man. Go in this might. The angel framed him according to how, how God saw him, Right? Hebrews 11.3, I think we heard this. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are not seen were not made of things which... So that the things which are seen, right? Were not made of things which do appear. I love it. That's That's the work of God to, to, to help us to frame. It's not framing, using things that are seen, right? That's how God did it. 
That word frame means to complete thoroughly. You know, and, and we too, today, right, we, it's, a, it's done. I, somebody else can add to this or take away and cover me. But, but we are complete thoroughly in Christ by that same word that framed the worlds. If we believe that, if we trust that work that's been done, right? So, so I guess my, you know, what, what do, am I allowing to frame me, right? It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father, this is in Romans, a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth, calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's the work of the Spirit. You're going to resort to all the evidence that the enemy brings? Or we're going to look a little deeper today. I'm, I'm just challenging us, I guess, in the right way, hopefully provoking, maybe irritating us to look a little deeper, right? God calleth those things which be not as though they were. I love the, the Berean version reads, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being what does not yet exist. Now, I want to be, use a little care here because, we, you know, we're not going to just grab something and just speak it into existence. I don't, I'm not trying to say that. But I am trying to stir up our hearts today that we be those that will frame ourselves and frame one another according to the word. And in that sense, you, you, you really call it, call it into being. We're not trying to call into being something that's not there. It's like there's Christ residing. Call forth the Christ. Right. Remember, one of the most profound um, uh, images I have of this was Brother Milton Verady, which is, um, you know, Nathan Verady, his grandfather. And he dealt with Parkinson's disease for years. And, and Parkinson's is, is a terrible disease. It, it just encases your body and traps your body, but your mind's intact. I can still remember him. We were over here. He was speaking this way. And he, was, he, would, he would let us know in advance if he falters through this word. And you could tell, and we were on the edge of our seats like this is somebody that's, that is walking in truth to, to be dealing with such a natural impediment and yet not letting it define him. He would say, if you see me, he says, you just, you just call out, come forth, Milton. Remember that? Come, come forth, Milton. You know, Christ come forth, right? That's, that's got to be what, <clears throat> what we do. And his line really was, don't minister from your bondage, right? Minister out of your calling. There's a huge difference. You, you, you can, you, well, there's a lot of resources available. And you can resort to your bondage or you can resort to and lead and minister out of who we are in Christ, our, our calling, correct? You can be, you, you know, what, one of the greatest bondages we, 
we can have is just to buy into the lie of the enemy will really encase us, entrap us. And that's a significant bondage that I think God wants to break us out of. That we not buy into the lie and the accusations and not allow it to, to frame us, but really allow ourselves to, to be framed by our calling, right? And I was thinking about this. Those, those are big words. What, what's our calling? What are we called to? You know, we're to fulfill our calling. And I know there, there's young people here that are, that are trying to, what does that mean? It's like, I don't want this to be up here. What, our calling? What, you know, and, and they're trying to sort out and define it, their, their own uh, way and their own calling from, from God. Because I know what I would like to do or what I wanted to do at, at a certain age, and I had to come to the place where I recognized, oh, this is, this is what the call of God is trying to, to get to wake me up to. What is, what is the calling of God, right? It's not some... And we, we would spend time, and I know I relied on at times ministry, personal ministry, that came to unravel my past from who I am in Christ. And, and I would refer back to that at times. The personal ministry that came through the Spirit. And, and we could still do that if the Lord leads us. But it helped, it helped me at a time. So in, in time of conflict, in time of, of uh, just struggle, you know, wanting to take my own direction, I would recall, no, this is what was spoken over me. The words that were spoken over me. You know, I don't see them yet, but I'm holding on to them. But we hear, we hear every morning in a way what, what we're called to. Young people, if you're struggling, you can, you can hear the things that God wants you to walk in, when it means to walk in your calling. And I think we also... We need to speak into each other's lives when we see certain behaviors, right? This is, and help define that what we're called to. And sometimes you can see what we're called to by what we're not called to. It's like, I don't know how else to define in the time, but I just know like, when I see it, this, this is not the calling of God. This, this behavior is not from the Spirit of God. Like, I can't always define what it is, but I can frequently define what it's not. Right? This will come as a shock, but I have some grandkids that at times have displayed a rebellious side. Yeah. Justin, talking. 18 years ago. Talking about how <laughs> speaking into each other's lives can take on a, many forms. It doesn't mean like open, always mean open confrontation. You can slip something in from the side. You can slip something in by just a glance in your eye that will check somebody. That's not, that's not who you are. <laughs> and my, and um, I hear things that tell me... Nearby grandkids at times will uh, maybe misbehave. And, and, and it's like, there's something in me that I'm sitting there and it's like, I want to say, you, you don't say that to me. You don't, you know, like, 
And my wife does a, a better job, really, of diffusing it and reminding that, take him, you know, hold on. Not that there's not a consequence. It's not overlooked. But it's a different way of saying, this is who you are. This is who you are. It's like, and it's like, oh God, that's, that's certainly the spirit of God at work. Not, not just to make a big deal and to contain some rebellious nature, but it will stop and, and really point out and define who you are in Christ. Right? Anyway, we're heading towards the home stretch here. So that's look to and hold to the word of God, however it will come. It's, it's, it's not as obscured as you think. It's just there at times and it's hiding in plain sight and you don't always see it. So James 1 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and abundance of naughtiness and receive, or that means to accept, with meekness. See, pride will never accept the word of God. Who Pride knows better. I know better. I know who I am. It's cynical. You know, it's like I just want to give up and just succumb to all the negativity. That's pride. But it's in meekness. It's in meekness. Receive the engrafted or the, that means implanted word, which is able to save your soul. There's an abundance of voices. Continue, right? You, I mean, we know that. But, but we choose the ones that we will receive and allow to take root. So one way or another, we're going to receive an implanted word, even today. You know, you're receiving an implanted word. And a word, one word uh, nourishes the old man. And one word that you, that's coming that you can receive nourishes the new man inside, right? Receive the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. That's our job. First Timothy says, This charge I commit unto thee, <clears throat> son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee. And that, that caught my attention. That means to lead forward, <clears throat> to go before that by them thou mightest war a good warfare. The, the word that, that really frames us is out ahead of us. It's, got, it's not, am I walking in it now? Maybe not. But I, I, I can see it and I'm going for it, right? It's, it's, gonna, it's out ahead. That's the word of God at times, right? John says this in John 10. It says, When he putteth forth his own sheep... He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I'm just suggesting today, really labor so to get acquainted with that voice. With that voice that will lead us to the saving of our soul. He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from, for they know not the voice of strangers. That follow means to be in union with, to accompany. That, they follow that voice because they're in union with the shepherd. 
And that, that's, I want to make a point with that. Whatever you're having union with, that's the voice that you are more apt to follow. You can't be having union with something else and then try to be led by the voice of God. It, you follow me? <laughs> the sheep, they have union with the shepherd and they follow and they trust that voice. And that voice leads them. That voice protects them. That voice defines them. That voice sustains them. Correct? Um, anyway, what, what, whatever we're having union from, whatever we draw drawing life from, that's the voice that directs and influences us the most. Is that right? You think back the course of the week, what have you had union with? Well, in all probability, that's still there. Some of the stuff can be hard to shake. And the more dependent upon God we come, right, the more clearly we can discern his voice. And I'll read this. I hope it, just take it or leave it. That this was, and I think I might be read this before, but it makes a point. It was a study in 2015 that showed that the sound of a, of, of a mom's boy, voice, because I'm really talking about the, discerning the right voice, right? And holding to that. Sound of a mom's voice can boost brain growth in premature babies. Infants born prematurely are more than twice as likely to have difficulty. Maybe there's somebody that was born premature. There's always an exception, right? So, but they have difficulty, science says, they have difficulty hearing and processing words, more so than those carried full term. Likely because brain regions that process sounds aren't fully developed at the time of delivery. And this study found that those brain regions um, that process sound developed much faster among babies that were subject to womb after they were born, subject to womb-like environment, with recordings of a mother's heartbeat and the voice than those that weren't. They measured it. They could tell, right, when they introduced womb-like sounds to preemies. The, the part of the brain developed a lot faster in those uh, than those that weren't, basically, is what it's saying. And anyway, the takeaway, again, is whatever is nourishing you, whatever, whatever I draw life from, that really is the voice that affects me the most. That's the voice that I respond to. That's the voice that really holds influence. And that... Being able to sort out the right voice, I think, really comes, um, obviously, by yielding. And, 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 and on a daily basis, we heard this offering, making that offering, right? <clears throat> the moment I take back my own life, my own way, it, it halts the work of the Spirit and makes it very difficult to sort out the truth from the lie. <clears throat> And lastly, I read this. Lest I minimize the significance of a father's voice and, and the influence, most importantly, of the father's voice in our life, right? I think I read this a while back too, but that, this was a, a study on songbirds. And um, it was a Penn State, a Penn State researcher, researcher titled it Songbirds learn to sing.
from their father. And I learned also that ma uh, the males sing, the females don't. Some, sorry, Debbie Hardy's not here to correct me. Ron probably knows, and Amanda Brown, there's others here. But whatever reason, this guy took it upon himself to study songbirds. All right? He probably was a bird watcher. He says this, though, in his conclusions. If a bird does not hear the father's voice, its song will be nothing like an adult bird. It will lack the wealth of acoustic structure. In a bird's world, a sloppy song, he's, this, this is the, re the results of this Penn State research. He says, a sloppy song can also have serious consequences, the researcher says. It, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ted, no. It means, I'm just kidding. I love it. You notice I don't, at least Ted steps out. I don't step out too much. But in a songbird world, songbird world, it means they, were all, they will also have a very tough time mating. You guys know that. Some of you guys know this, I'm sure. One, one reason... One reason songbirds sing, hold on now, this is the bottom line here. You know why songbirds sing, the males sing? Because it attracts the females, right? Who choose their mates on the basis of song quality. That's deep. Now I'm not sure how he conducted all this research. I don't know how he gathered all his... I think I will. But apparently, right, females like good singing. All right, so... But here's, here's the obvious tie-in, right? There's no way we can bring forth the life of Christ apart from hearing the voice of of the Father. The Father's voice. That's got to be dominant in our lives. Though at times very quiet and very obscured. That's got to be what we listen for. If we really want to have the life of Christ coming forth in us. And I think each one of us, even today, what, what do you personally need to hear from the Father? Look for that, right? So watch out. You know, he, he, he wants to know how I'm defining Christ. Whom say ye today? Right? That's what we need to reflect on and allow the Father's voice really to define who I am in Christ. Everything centers in Christ and it's not, it's not Christ out there. Or it's Christ within me. Yes. Amen. Me too. You want this? Thank you. Just really quickly, um, 
something that's worth sharing. Richard was talking about um, wretched Richard, Richard and listening to the voice of the enemy telling you what a, rich, a wretch you are. And I remember the story about the lady at SEPA who used to teach phonics. I forget her name. Audrey. Yeah. She told the story one time in a class I was in with her that she was examining the children that she had taught phonics and was asking them certain words and what they mean. And this one little boy, she said, so what is a wretch? This one little boy raised his hand and he said, someone God loves. <laughs> and she went, I got to accept that because he'd heard Amazing Grace who saved a wretch like me. <laughs> so a wretch is a good word. But I just, I think... This is such an awesome word uh, today that the Lord was talking to us, but I couldn't, it, we have to share the scripture Philemon 6, because he talked about Brother Bill saying, be gentle with myself, and prior to that, or at the end of one of his words, he said, evaluating myself is crippling, and another line that came forth later was, it robs me of my faith, and Philippians Verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That's, I think, the war that we face is acknowledging every good thing in Christ Jesus and knowing that a wretch is someone that God saves. One of the, over the years, I had a, a friend that um, would always talk about uh, the uh, prodigal son over and over and over and over. And, you know, anything you hear over and over, you kind of, it can go by you. But um, it, today, uh, I'm reminded again, and, and hear this because I'm going to do something a little risky here today in terms of, because I think it's the Lord, especially with the emphasis on hearing that Richard gave, because I'm up and I'm thinking, well, you want to confirm even if it's just to you. But when we, when we hear the prodigal son read it, remember, it is, it is a... It, it didn't really happen, okay? It was in the mind of God to give to his son. And that's us. And the, the, the two people in the story are those who kind of think they've got the answer and the one who knows very well he didn't and he better close in. So when you, when you read it, always remember that's God speaking to who will hear, who will listen, who will uh, take cognizance of it. Didn't happen. There's no indication that he was out there in the Syrophoenician or by the water and this uh, situation happened. It came out of the heart of God for you and for me. And I'm going to do something today, and we have some time. And thank you, Richard. It was very, very encouraging.
Uh, and actually, it was because it was framed by the Holy Spirit so much. Um, but I'm going to ask the eighth graders through those that are, uh, uh, let's take 1920, if you'll stand right now. Eighth graders, wherever you are. And I, I'd like you to uh, come up a little closer here. Just move this way, all of you. We'll never give you another dessert if you don't hurry. Uh, yeah, don't I wish I had that power. Okay, now, yeah, just out here, you, they, they don't need to hear me. By now they should know what we're talking about. Thanks, thank you. Um, you know, uh, probably better than anybody, that the enemy is always trying to give you the idea that if you give everything to God, uh, you're going to get a dirty stick because you lose something. Because we're all under the influence of the Holy Spirit when we're in Christ, when we're growing. And, and we're all uh, uh, just fools with kind of a half-hearted thing. Okay? We're, uh, we're pretenders. Woe to the hypocrites. Woe to the pretenders. Okay? And, and all of us, as we proceed, kind of fake it a little bit, okay? And I want to read something to you that's yours, and I want the teachers to, to write it down, and the mothers and fathers to write this down, because... Uh, and I, I looked at it early this morning. I said, well, why? What's that all about? But here it is. Um, years ago, I thought I would, I, I spoke this and spoke it in the early days in Claremont. Because I was, there was something in me, I ate to say, God, I've got to hear from you. Where are you? You know, and, that, and that's one of the most disappointing things that God doesn't seem to talk out loud. I challenged a friend recently, don't tell me he spoke out loud to you. And then I recall where it was almost, it seemed he did. The devil does speak out loud sometimes, I mean, really. Not, not really, but he has impressions, right? And, and Richard covered that pretty well this morning, you know, and and this thing of being gentle with yourself, knowing that you're, you're the fabric of God's making, you're the wet clay of his. I'm going to read this, and you may not get it, but go back and read it. I should have said, bring your Bibles, and most of you would have brought a phone or something. So I, I didn't want to be nasty and say that, or point anybody out, especially you, because you get even. <laughs> uh, here, here it is. Romans 10, and it's also in the Old Testament. And I thought, in the early days, if I said that, where are you? You know, here, here's what it says. 
But the righteousness which is of faith, that's trust. If you trust and you want to be right, speaketh on this wise. Say not in your heart, who I can't go to heaven to get Christ down. Neither can I go to hell to bring him up. And this is what he says. And please hear this. It goes with, you know, the thing that I think is, is really something I got. But anybody that knows the Lord has it. That the constancy of God trying to get your attention is there. He speaks in multiple ways. Hear this. But what say it? The word, that's what Richard was talking about. The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth. Anytime you say, God, can you be closer? Can you help me? What's going on? He's there. The words nigh thee, it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of trust which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Well, you're doing business with the maker, all of you, okay? And somebody, you know, has been praying and saying, well, we used to bless the kids. We, we used to do this. I trust that you're blessed today by being gentle with yourself because you're young. You're babes in this. A lot of you are going to go to hell a few times before you wake up. Even born-again people go to hell. Hello? I didn't get any amens out there. Are you telling me that... Christian to go to hell? They absolutely do. Sometimes they like it more than they, and it takes them years to get acquainted with the God who's in them. Anyway, uh, let's bow our heads and talk to God for a minute. We can be quiet for a few minutes. Richard was very brief and, and efficient today. And everybody, if we will pray for you to have a, the trust that you can talk to God. Not that you're, I mean, I know that, you, that many of you are Christians. You've done business. Some of you have kind of done it your way and kind of want him to, to do something for you that he probably is not going to do. Father, we thank you that this is a, a love affair <laughs> because of your great love and mercy that, it, that you never leave us nor forsake us once we've come to you. And be with every vessel here, all of these that are standing and, and will speak to you and have and have wondered 
have slipped and been more attracted to darkness than light. You knew they would be. You knew we would be. You know what? Everything, even the good singing birds that uh, teach their sons, that, uh, that you, Father, uh, know these things before they're even on our mouths. So uh, light up their, their lips, their hearts this day to know that you are nigh, you are close. You're the very breath they breathe. You were there when they landed as babies and nursed at their mother's breast. You were there when they first said, I want to trust you. So we ask you in, in the name of the, the son who cried for angels to help him in the last minute, and they did. So be with all of us today, Father, that we know we don't have to go to heaven to bring you down. We can't necessarily, we can't go to hell <laughs> to bring you up, but you're nigh. You're very close to our mouths. When we kiss, when we eat, when we speak, when we swear, whatever we do, you are nigh. You, you do not leave us. You do not forsake us, great one. So fall upon every child in here, not just these standing, but those who uh, wonder about, are they saved, are they redeemed? You're not a liar. You don't say things and take them back. You don't have some wide eraser that takes the, the chalk of your truth away from where we've stood as little children trusting. Go with us this day. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Uh, is, uh, good. Thanks, kids. Take your seats. Good to see you. Cheer up. It's going to get worse and better. Okay. Uh, would you... Uh, let's stand. Is, is, uh, is Amy here? Amy Wheeler? Did she leave? Where? Come on over. Uh, I want to say something about uh, the word is ninety. Amy, she she wrote this song, but I've always told her I thought I did that it came from the spirit of God. Remember that song? And uh, he's still after you. And this girl can she can play dodgeball like any of us. But would you play her song? Does she know it? Which song? You know what song. She's done so many. I have found your faith. No. No. That's the eyes. That's the eyes. Sorry, okay, yeah. I think me. And we'll help you. On Great. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I have no voice today. Okay.
mother, she forced me every time we had a meeting when she was here, she said, can we sing Amy's song? And I said, what, what? I pretended, what song was that? <laughs> you, and I, you know, she'd, she'd jab me, you know how she does. Okay, <laughs> anyway. She's not dead, folks. Okay, and all of us got to get that idea because we look around and, and all of us, we hate, I miss Jack. Uh, he doesn't miss me, okay? Uh, he, no, he, 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 he won't. And, and, and we don't have even the right to, to not consider ourselves as nothing is going to erase the, the promises of God. Try hard. You've got somebody out there who is smart Alex and resist. You know, go ahead and go to hell and see how, how long you stay. You won't be there long. Okay? God, let's sing it again. At the time when love is tried, when gold he purifies, stand by me and let me see his word alive in me so my eyes look to serve you wholly, it won't be a half-hearted thing. Right. It will be with all your heart, and all your strength, and all your will. Amen. For Jesus' sake. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you.